We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chargers Analytics with Arjun. And it is a great time to be a Chargers fan right now. I mean, going into that Monday night game, I mean, there's so much trash talk between both teams. You know, personally, I thought the Raiders were a tad bit overrated, if I'm being honest. Like, I think they some of their wins were a little bit lucky. You know, they almost pretty much lost to the Dolphins with Jacoby Brissett, got bailed out by Lamar Jackson fumble against the Ravens. They played well against the Steelers, but, you know, Big Ben is nothing like he's nothing to brag about beating anymore. So, you know, I, I, I thought the chargers, you know, had a really good, really good chance to win this game. Um, and they did, and they did it in a resounding fashion. You know, Brandon Staley is just one of the most aggressive coaches already in four games in his first year as head coach. And it's awesome to see, I mean, everything, like I said, analytically driven uses the data has the guys in his ear talking to him. Uh, it's awesome to see. So, plan of attack for today's episode. We're going to be talking a little bit about some of the early down struggles that the Chargers have had, uh, looking to some of the data behind that. Um, and then also we'll be looking at some of the strengths of where the Chargers have been, especially especially on defense. And then also, as usual, previewing the Browns and taking a look at some of the important stats and like key players from the Browns um, for this upcoming weekend. So as usual, let's dive straight into it with our first graph. Uh, this is made by Timo Risky, who is a data scientist at PFF, which, which is where I work. So he's my, he's someone that um, I've talked to a little bit, and he's a great guy, really, really smart. You can follow him at PFF Moo on Twitter. So thank him uh, for this awesome graph. So what are we looking at here? We are looking at how often do NFL offenses convert a first down um, on each down. So as you can see, the Chargers convert first downs on 19% of their first downs. They convert a first down on the series um, on, okay, so, so I'm not explaining this right. So basically the percentage is, is pretty much when do they convert the, okay, so the end percentage is how many times they convert a first down on a series. So the Chargers have converted um, a first down on 80% of their series which is, you know, pretty, uh, are 80% of like a first down series. So first and 10, second and 10, third and 10, fourth and 10. They've done that on 80% of their other series, which is, which is pretty good. 
honestly, it's pretty good. And, um, but we're here to talk about some of the early down struggles. And so they've only converted a first down on 19% of their first downs. And they've only converted a first down on 51% of first and second downs, if that makes sense. So this is like the cumulative percentage. So, you know, when you look at a team like the Chiefs or the Cowboys, the Rams or the Cardinals, right? These are like the most explosive offenses in the league. These are the some of the most high power, like high scoring offenses, putting up a lot of points, a lot of yards. You know, the Chargers need to be up near that 56, 57, 58% mark. And I think it's important because, you know, you don't always want to have to rely on getting a first down on third downs because what what does that mean? Third downs are usually um, usually known as pure passing situations. So you're pretty much letting the opposing pass rushers tee off against against your quarterback because they know it's going to be a pass. So guys like Max Crosby and Unique Ngakwe, and, and Ngakwe didn't have a great game, but Crosby, I mean, he was beating Storm Warden quite a bit, especially on third downs because he knew it was going to be a pass. And as I'll speak about later, Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett are two guys you don't want to get like let them have a head start. So the Chargers need to be better at early downs, convert, try to be more aggressive. I feel like it seems like a lot of the first down passes are just quick, you know, five yard outs, five yard spot routes where they're trying to set up like a manageable second down, which, you know, I guess is okay. They're still getting positive yards, positive EPA, but, you know, it would be nice to see them, you know, be a little more aggressive. Um, on early downs. And as you can see, the Browns, um, they're kind of in a similar boat. They convert first downs on 55% of their early downs, so first and second down. Um, and they do a pretty good job of going for it on fourth down as Stefanski, I would say is, is probably, you know, the second most aggressive coach after, after Staley based on what Staley has done. Now, this also goes back, you know, to early downs, you know, are, are the Chargers passing it a lot? If you look at you know, their week four matchup against the Raiders, it seemed like they were running it a lot, which, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. Obviously I'd advocate for passing the ball with Justin Herbert, but the Raiders front seven in the run game is pretty bad. Um, They are, they are a pretty good pass rushing team. They have some pass rushers over there, but their linebacking group and that, you know, D line isn't built to stop the run and really no Gus Bradley defenses, but just because they don't, you know, they focus a lot on a limiting explosive plays. So the Chargers were running it a ton with Austin Eckler. Um, I wasn't too excited to see Larry Roundtree get a ton of early down carries instead of Austin Eckler. Like I feel like, you know, Joe Lombardi and Staley are trying to manage the reps, which I understand, but it was, there were times where like, you know, they would hand it off to Roundtree on first and second down. I'm just like, you know, you could, you could make a better use of those downs, but in total, the Chargers are passing it at a 7% clip over expected. So as you can see down here, uh, this graph was made by Ben Baldwin, as I mentioned in my last video. The expectation, so the expected part comes from down distance, field position, time, the score differential. So like, you know, 28 to 14, the differential is 14, and then the win probability, right? So based on all these factors, the Chargers are passing it 7% more than expected, which, you know, that's good. That's where you want to be. You want to be overexpected, especially for a team like the Chargers, who have a really good passing attack when it's clicking. Um, the Browns on the opposite hand, right, who we play this Sunday, pass it 7% less than expected. But that's also because they have the best running back duo in the league with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And we will have our hands full. Believe me, we will have our hands full with those two this weekend. And the Browns offensive line, I mean, you know, if you talk to Steven about it, he'll tell you they're probably like the best um, offensive line in the league. Let's go to this graph by Seth Walder. He works at ESPN as their sports analytics guy, right? So 
Uh, Seth Walder has the ability to use tracking data. Remember, tracking data is better than charting data for the most part. And he was able to plot the pass rush win rate for all eligible edge rushers um, with the double team rate for all edge rushers, right? So if we just look at where the Chargers guys are, Joey Bosa and Uchenna Nwosu are in that top right quadrant, the best quadrant to be in. And that is a beautiful sight to see, right? And the important thing to note, the important thing to note here is where Joey Bosa is. He is second highest to TJ Watt in pass rush win rate. But the important thing is he's not one of the highest double teamed players in the NFL. And why? It's because of Brandon Staley. If you guys have access to all 22, or even just if you want to go look at the broadcast game highlights, right? Go back to that fourth quarter and watch how many times Brandon Staley put Drew Tranquil next to Joey Bosa acting as a blitzer or acting as a fake blitzer. You know why he does that? Because the left guard or the right guard has to block Tranquil. Otherwise, it's a free rusher. Like it's a free rush, like Tranquil had multiple times. So because they have to account for Tranquil, Bosa gets that one-on-one -on -one against Leatherwood, one-on-one -on -one against Miller. And as you can see, he's obviously one of the best pass rushers, if not the best pure pass rusher in the NFL when he's not double teamed. And thanks to Brandon Staley and his ingenuity, he's allowing Joey Bosa to get more one-on-ones compared to guys like Nick Bosa, his brother, or you know any of the Saints' uh, defensive ends, right? So it's really nice to see that Joey Bosa isn't in this like upper top right quadrant, but being in like the straight middle uh, or top middle uh, area is really, really nice to see. So Bosa winning about 30, above 30% 30 of his pass rush uh, reps, awesome sight. This is what we love to see. And, you know, Brandon Sealy, obviously really, really good. So just staying on the topic here, before I move on, we are going against possibly the best edge duo or pure edge duo in the league. And, and Tack McKinley is, is nothing to, nothing to look down on. I mean, Miles Garrett, obviously freak of nature. He's going to be going against um, Rashawn Slater for most of the game. He lines up on the defense's right side. So Rashawn Slater, he's going to be going against the left tackle. He's a beast. You know, Miles Garrett currently has, I believe, 26 pressures per PFF charting. Jadavion Van Clowney is 21, both rank in the top seven. Per the, tra per the tracking data, both are in the top six in pass rush win rate and with tack mckinley they have the, the browns have three guys in the top nine in pass rush win rate so if there's a test for any offensive line it's going to be this it's going to be this browns defense and storm norton didn't look good against um against the raiders max crosby had his had his way with him he did he did look good like decent against the chiefs bad against the cowboys but if anything this is the game where we need Norton to be good. Otherwise, Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett and Tack McKinley will have a field day because through the four, first four weeks of the season, they have completely obliterated almost every single offensive line. And if you if you watch that Chicago game, you would know what I'm talking about, that they're going to wreak havoc if we don't you know, help out our, our tackle positions. Now, can Rashawn Slater hold up with Miles Garrett? Potentially. I mean, Slater has the athleticism. I'm not sure if he has, you know, the sturdy base. Maybe that's a question you ask Steven if you get a chance. But it's, it's going to be a chess match. It's going to be a chess match for sure. Um, so real quick, let's just talk about some of this third down offense. 
Um, it does seem like the Chargers are heavily reliant on uh, third and fourth downs um, to to get them yardage and to move the sticks. And while that isn't sustainable, it's something that the that's just what the Chargers are, right? Like the Chargers have the third best offense on third and fourth downs, right? You can see it right here. They have the third best passing attack on third downs. Um, they are below average on third and fourth downs, but I would say some of that is um, partly due to red zone issues. But, you know, the Chargers being good on third downs isn't the worst thing in the world. It's just that they need to start being a little bit better on early downs. So I thought it was important to show that while they are struggling on early downs, they are making up for it um, on later downs, just like other really, really good offenses like the Cardinals, like the Chiefs, and like the Rams. Now let's go into the final two things I want to talk about. The special teams. Yep. The Chargers are not last in special teams EPA. Remember EPA um, in this graph and some of the other, the graph I just showed stands for expected points added. It's a good way to measure efficiency on offensive, defensive, and potentially special teams to see, you know, how the players and how the team is adding value to the game. So the Chargers rank 28th in special teams EPA. And yes, they're in the bottom five, but you know, they're not last. So at least Darius Swinton is, is being somewhat of an upgrade um, over, you know, George Stewart. Um, I just want to mention, if you see in the, in the caption, uh, these are only offensive special teams plays. So this is only when the Chargers are kicking the field goal, they're kicking the uh, PAT, they're receiving the kickoff, or they are the punting team. So this is not uh, looking at KJ Hill's you know, horrific return game. This is not looking at when the Chargers are ret returning kickoffs. Because if I did look at that, which I have, if we look at the defensive special teams plays, they're actually really, really uh, they're pretty solid. I'm not going to say really, really good. They're pretty solid. I would say like they're slightly above average, which is not a bad thing. But they do need to improve on some of these offensive special teams plays. And I would say, you know, that missing field goals and missing PATs contribute a lot to um, some of this uh, decline or some of this low ranking that the Chargers have right now. And the final thing um, I want to talk about is, is our defense with the Browns defense. So I, I put this graph up in my Cowboys preview, but I'm, I brought it back and I, I re-ran the data and, made, and updated it. So right here, we can see that the Chargers have the third highest pre-snap open look. So what does that mean? I, I talked about it all offseason open is when the two safeties are on both sides of the hashes. So the, the middle of the field is open, right? This is closed where the safeties are like, they're not uh, parallel. Open is when the safeties are par almost parallel and the middle of the field is open. So remember staple of the state, uh, Staley Fangio defense is that they love to have a lot of middle, middle of the field open looks and the Chargers doing it at the third highest rate. Uh, Fangio is, is two. Raheem Morris using Staley's old system is one. So we can see Chargers are going to continue to do this. You know, th this means light boxes. This means that the Chargers are probably going to be susceptible to good running attacks, but they also are going to be pretty good against good passing attacks, which is why Dak didn't throw for 200. Mahomes only threw for 260. You know, you're not going to beat this Charger team over the top. Uh, Derwin James getting beat by Henry Ruggs is probably one of the only times that's going to happen. But I made this graph also to show that the Browns, the Browns are trying to run the Staley Fangio scheme in Cleveland. And you can, like, you can tell that they wanted to do it because they signed John Johnson, they signed Troy Hill, and they go and draft uh, JOK 
from Notre Dame and spend a first round pick on Greg Newsom, a corner. So they want to have all these versatile secondary pieces so that they can play the sit Staley Fangio scheme. Like JOK can play star money linebacker, anything you wanted to, right? That's he has that chess piece uh, term added to him. Like Greg Newsom is, uh, you know, a pretty good outside corner from, from the tape and from what the stats show so far. So, you know, it's going to be a chess match because I think the Browns are, are running with Staley's running, obviously not at the same rate and not using the players the same way, but they have a lot of pieces to where they can use Staley's principles in their own way. Like they're not going to put Miles Garrett standing up. I don't think um, I might be wrong or they might use Clowney standing up, but the whole point of our, like the Chargers defense is to leave the middle of the field wide open and to force uh, defense or force offenses to dink and dunk. And then once they get tired of it, like Derek Carded, they'll throw an interception. So Brown's running a very similar defense to what the Chargers are running, obviously not running the same coverages and everything, but you know, I thought this was pretty interesting to look at and something to keep watch of in, uh, during the game. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. I hope, you know, we, we learned a little bit about the Browns and how the Chargers are looking so far and how they need to improve in the early down uh, on, on early downs. Um, also, don't forget, you know, be mindful of Kenneth Murray that, I mean, going through an injury like that in practice is not something that we should, you know, be happy for, you know, and if, if you are happy for Drew Tranquil to start, that's great. You just don't, you know, don't have to mention Kenneth Murray in that. And I had a, you know, I mentioned to you guys about the positive EV versus negative EV thing. And it could be a positive EV thing that, that he got hurt, even though I don't want him to get hurt. But Tranquil has looked good and the defense has played a little bit better when Tranquil is on the field versus when he's out of the field. So again, thank you guys for watching. If you're making it through this video slash episode, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. And with that, as always, bolt up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.